Steve. Hi. Hi, Steve. Happy Tuesday. I think I owe you an apology, though, first. Let's just start off there. Because okay. I watched yesterday's live stream back and I was off my game, my friend. I, I do apologize. It was, it was a train wreck. I was all over the place. It was like, I, I couldn't get a coherent thought together. Didn't you? You need to, you need to pull me back in sometimes. Sometimes. So it's my fault. I, I yes, love it. So, you, you give it, it you're I giving start, me an apology. You're I apologize that apology, you messed up. My fault. <laughs> yeah. you really I screwed it, it up you, yesterday. Let's not have that happen today. Your, your apologies sound very similar to mine. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> it's, it's not about, it's, it's not about me. It's about you, you know, but it's, uh, it's, no, it's, no. So, right. so it's what, me, what specifically, what specifically was it about it? You thought that uh, was a train wreck. Was it just your, your mind was all over the place. You weren't coherent or what was yeah. it you thought? Remember, it was Monday, you know, it was Monday, yeah, we're yesterday. coming off a yeah. weekend. <laughs> yesterday was Monday. And and I had all this great information I had gathered over the weekend, I had done mm. deep thinking, and I was going to share all these things with you. And I decided I wanted to focus in on what I'm good at, right? I wasn't going to get into this things. I'm not going to be the, the expert who shares the protocols of how to reenter the workplace. I'm going to leave that to my FM uh, professionals. I'm not going to be the one who talks about workplace strategy and real estate decisions. That's my corporate real estate friends. I'll do that for you. I'm the guy who can help you, you know, deal with the anxiety and, and some of those fear factors that we have. And I was going to just share some simple concepts to help us get back into a good mindset. And, and it was like, every time I started to talk, another thought would come in and I would be like, Oh, Oh, it's, it was like, it was like short attention pans, short attention mm. span theater when I was watching it. So don't watch April, whatever that was, April 20th live stream, folks. It's all over the place. Oh, in that case, I think everyone should go and watch it to understand what I'm <laughs> apologizing to you for. <laughs> so yeah, I, was, uh, I was like, wait so, for you to say, Mike, but, you know, let's focus on one thing here. Uh, ask, ask me a question know, that that helps us stay on track. That's what I need. But to part do. of part of part of this is, you know, whenever we go through this, because I, I, I suspect, right, if this if that's where your mindset is, or that's where your head is, there's 20, 30, 40 other people in the world who are going through the same thing, Mike. Maybe, um, that's true. <laughs> and, and so that's the point, right? It's and, and if you sort of take about the, you know, the hose pipe that we consume in, in media, all forms, um, it's really hard to get that consistent mindset because the narrative is so different. There yeah. is no one answer. And, you know, I was reminded that, I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, Chris Cuomo uh, was being interviewed on CNN, given his didn't see it. I didn't to, watch anything uh, yesterday. I was oh, so okay. sick of it. Right. I watched oh, nothing. Right. So tell me what happened yesterday. Oh, Steve. Wow. At least, at least you don't sound bitter. But anyway, moving I'm on. Angry today. Um, uh, that's that's <laughs> all right. That's that's an emotion a lot of people feel. Um, so yeah, so Chris Cuomo was given his update to Sanjay Gupta, and um, uh, he was basically running through. You know, he's COVID uh, positive. Yep. Seventeen day, seventeen days after. He was diagnosed. His wife gets diagnosed. I read that, his wife's yeah. got different symptoms. And right. so the conversation was, so he is isolated. His wife is isolated and the kids are running the house. <laughs> and, but he says yeah. he's keeping himself separated from his wife. Mm -hmm. And they were asking, well, why are you doing that? Well, she's got very different symptoms to me, he said. And it's like, well, if, if she's got different symptoms to me, does that mean she's got a different strain and it may come to me and I may get a reoccurrence and these were doubts that's gone through his head and the medical advice he's getting and the guidance he's getting is we don't know what the answer is we don't know how this is mutating we don't know how this is passing we can't say for certain that you won't get 
or you won't test positive again. We won't know these things. So how do we then, you know, and this is a conversation can go back and, and Sanjay Gupta had many questions for him to clarify a few things. Yeah. Um, but it was a fascinating conversation to watch because these are the conversations that I'm experiencing as I talk about workplace, as I talk about with my peers, as I talk with other leaders, it's how do we get to the point where we can trust the information? We <laughs> see the video footage of all these people trying to push to open up various states and, and that's their right to do so. But then the other side of it is how do you then immerse yourself in that society if we have so much conflicting information so yes your head is pickled and your head is all over the place but that's the narrative and if and if the people who are bringing us the news are sort of questioning these things themselves if the leaders don't have or even you know um if you watch uh dr fucci or dr burks they don't give definitive answers and why don't they give definitive answers because they don't have them Right. And, right. and that's and that's but I think that's, you know, your emotions that you're outlining yesterday, feeling yesterday, sharing so uh, eloquently yesterday, um, <laughs> trying to push people to go and watch you so badly, you know, um, no, this is what but you're, it's... you're doing a good job today. This is this is <laughs> no, what I want to talk you. about, because it does good. tie into this conversation of return to work. Right. We are never going to have all the answers, Steve. Right. Doc, right. So Dr. Gupta didn't tell Chris, you're going to be fine. You're not going to get it again. He's, no, he was he more. No scientist right, can right. say that for sure, because there's always a percentage chance that yeah. they will never know for sure that that the virus didn't mutate and, and reinfect people. Every every year, the flu mutates. It's it's another mm -hmm. type of coronavirus. All the, the cold. You, you can't have a vaccine for the common cold because every year common cold is different. So we know that we're never going to get to to point of a hundred percent assurance that you will not be infected by this thing. So this is my frustration. Where, where are the experts framing this in a, in a visionary way, understanding that we need to help people psychologically, the, the psychology of safety, the psychology of emotional you know, management of this situation in the workplace, in public. It, depending on the information you've been, you've been digesting this last month and a half, you could be in a totally different place today than someone mm -hmm. across the street yep. or in another state or another part of the world. That's what scares me the most yep. is that we're yep. going to try to put together policies based on this. And, yep. and it's depends on the, the eye of the beholder and the, and not just the data and there's limited data, but there's more data today than there was six weeks ago, for sure. We know a lot more about this thing than we did. And we'll know a lot more six weeks from now, but, but when everybody else has a, as an opinion, and no one can give you 100% assurances, that's where we have to get into this area of managing our fears and, yeah. and living a life that is not guided by fear. No, no. And, and, you know, until we have that definitive, there is always going to be opinions, not facts, right? And, and, and what, what Chris Como started his conversation with yesterday was fact or fear. And that sort of when he said that, I just went straight to you, given the conversation yesterday. But I just posted today um, an interview that I did, a short interview with Kevin Van Sommeren, and it's all okay. about resiliency. How do you build resiliency? How do you create an environment for you? And he goes through four, four types of individuals that what we are experiencing today. And I, I won't go into okay. the details of it, and people can go and watch the video. Yeah, but in I essence, need to watch that in each one. of those, 
in each of those instances, right? How do you create a focus space? So whenever you have to work and you or you have to do things, you can one go create that opportunity to focus, but then you feel the freedom to step away to be with your family, to be released from work. So, you know, while you're still in the same environment and uh, it's going to be a, a conversation we're going to continue over a couple of weeks. And this is a guy who's been, a, you know, an elite athlete who has trained elite athletes for Olympic Games and so on. And so, yeah. forth. so he's transferring. I, I know what he feels like. That's that's world renowned. Certainly. Uh, certainly. That's what the viewers are, are thinking right now as well. Yeah, <laughs> Mike. Exactly. So uh, but what about so, the yes, layers, so the a... emotional layers of this? Right. So there's there's the again, you and I talked about this before, but our situation at home where we are able to control our environment, we don't have young kids running around, neither of us, so we can get a workspace together. I've set myself up down here in my in my basement. My wife is up on our dining room table doing her work. I have another office <clears throat> all the way upstairs. So I have plenty of room. That's not an issue. The question becomes, and this is where I'm spending all my time trying to figure this out. And I want to, and I think this is where I can help people most if I can get my head around it, because there's so much information out there and there's so many different opinions out there, but all right, all the conversation is turning towards this return to work, the, the re-entry into our offices, going back to the workplace. And I had a great conversation, as you know, a week and a half ago on my live stream with two change management experts about the psychology of safety and those emotions and how everybody's different. We did poll questions and we got all these different responses. When will you be ready to go back personally? What, what is it going to take? What data do you need? Because we don't have all the data. What are you looking for? What are those signals? What are those signs? And that's what I turned today's Tuesday. So Tuesday's podcast day for me. I release every Tuesday, workplaceinnovator.com. And I put out a summary of that conversation because it's so important to me. We have to create a safe environment for our employees. And it's going to take again, all those factors, our, our FM teams working with our real estate teams, working with HR, working with leadership to create a space that they can return to when they're ready to return to. But here's my fear, Steve, and tell me about this because you and I are two different people. We have two different perspectives. And this conversation is going around my company. I'm sure it's going around your company. Somebody asked on Slack yesterday, you know, who's excited about going back to the office? Mm. What kind of responses do you think we got? I mean, it was all over the place. It's like, and I didn't see anybody say, yay, me. But I think there's people that have that feeling. There's people that say, yeah, boy, I miss. I know I do. I miss the inter interaction. I miss that face-to-face. -face. But the fear and the anxiety and the in, uh, incomplete information, the lack of data, it's like, I need to know more. I'm not sure when I'll know that. And if we don't start mapping out some, some parameters for this that help people emotionally, psychologically prepare to face their fears and re-enter the world, we're going to have this divide we're seeing breaking out all over our country of, of this is this is crazy versus no, you're crazy. And it's, it's these two polar opposites. So, so mm. where are you today? Let's hear April 21st, 2020, week six, whatever we call it, week six of, of quarantine life. May is just around the corner. Some states, actually, I read the, this morning. I, again, I'm just reading headlines as of yesterday and today. I can't digest this stuff anymore. I didn't even watch the news last night. Didn't read any articles. But but where are you today as of April 21st? So there's the personal. Then there's the, the business side of it, right? There's the what I got to do for the organization. And maybe that's not where you're going to see you leaning this in. And I, thought, I, thought, I thought you show, were going to go. <laughs> I, want, I want to know where you are, Steve. 
So you put me on the couch last week. I, you gave me some good yeah. psychological advice and good emotional advice, but, but so if you're not, if not, if not really ready to go there, that's cool too. But I, no, but I, I'm, uh, good, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. To, I'm happy. Yeah. I want to hear, I, but your professional, the reason I'm doing this with you, you're the pro man. You're the, you're the workplace, uh, Okay. Real estate professional. The world, that, that the, world has... the world is in trouble if they're relying on, on, on my wisdom. Uh, if they're relying on my wisdom, and, it'll and be there short. are the two hats you wear. The two hats no, you and, wear. And I'm, and I'm and I'm playing down on myself, obviously. So yeah, so I mean personally, um, so if I think about what Ken ran through in this video, I would be what he categorizes the first group of people. Those are people who are working from home, who are enjoying working from home, they're not missing the commute. They may be missing the social interaction with their colleagues, but they can continue doing most of their job functions at a, either the same productivity levels or maybe slightly higher. So I would fall into that category, I would say. Um, now, there are, there are other people in the organization who are screaming to get back to the office for whatever yeah. reason. It may be a home environment. It may be their job they're doing. There may be fear of losing their job. It may be whatever, right? And we all know people um, and can associate with that mindset. Yes. So how do we allow those people to return safely to the workplace? And I think as we go through this phase one, those are the folks that actually we need to be thinking about. And there's probably other groups of people who are, you know, sitting on the fence, happy either way. They're probably those folks who are at home and having to homeschool, having to multitask, cook, clean, do everything. Um, and, uh, you know, they're probably, I don't know what to do. I want, I know what I want to do, but then there's other responsibilities I have and they're probably feeling a little bit challenged as well, but what do we need to do and what can we do to allow those who want to go back to the office? What can we do? And those are the folks I think in this phase we need to be considering. And, you know, as we sort of think about what would that take? What does an individual need to feel? How do they feel health and safety? whenever they walk into the office and they feel that they can go have somewhere to go to. And, and, that, and that's the bit that I'm sort of focusing on right now, um, obviously from a very tactical perspective. And that's, you know, working in unison with, with property managers, building owners, um, HR professionals, obviously CIT, and obviously expanded real estate teams. Um, how do we do that? How do we do that safely? Um, and that's sort of what's the forefront in, in my mind. The other side of it is, you know, so we, we, are, we get those people back to the office and they're able to function and people at home who are happy to be at home and they can function while at home. But one of the things that we, you know, workplaces have been designed to do over the last number of years is to create opportunities for accidental collisions. We design yeah. spaces so that it's a, a sort of a, an inconvenience for you to go to the water cooler, to go to the yeah. copier, to go to the bathrooms. Why is that? So that you bump into other people yep. so that you have these conversations or you overhear conversations that actually you can either contribute to, or you can take an idea that expands what you're working on. So that's sort of, you know, and we all know about the line of sight, right? So if you're inside of people, then you can connect with people. So whenever we're in this virtual world, what do we need to do to allow that to continue? Because that ain't going to happen. How do we create accidental collisions virtually? I don't know what the answer is, but that's sort of something that's been going through my head the last 24 hours. 
because that's the purpose. That's the real benefit of having an office, right? Where teams come together, they're able to innovate, they're able to learn of each other. They're able to have these watercolor chats that today they can't, you know, I sort of thought through, I took that and I went, well, who do I connect with the work? And it's my immediate team. Yes, I have some conversations with other people where I maybe haven't working on projects and so on and so forth, but how do I have those little informal conversations, those little coffee chats? How are you doing? What are you up to? What what are you what's your team working on? Oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm working on this. Is there a way I can connect you with somebody within the organization that maybe haven't are asking the same question? How do we do that virtually? Um, and I'm not, not really looking, I don't have any answers. Uh, I'd love people to contribute and sort of um help give some thoughts and context to this idea or this thought, yeah. because you know. There's no one organization who uh, is, is not thinking about this right now. And if they're thinking about it right now, they will be thinking about it very quickly because organizations to survive will need to innovate, will need to uh, collaborate, and will need to you know produce new products, new services um, if, if this does continue, and it will likely continue for a period of time. So there's a lot there, Mike. There's a lot there. <laughs> well, again, I don't know if that now you've, helped now you put or me hurt you. In- well, you, you helped me in a sense because you, you reminded me that there are things we can be doing now, the here and now versus the vision for the future. That's my, yeah. my constant push and pull. So the here and now is, yes, we are in this environment, continue to be in this environment, and there will be a percentage of us who will continue to work from home and we will need to find these ways to continue to be productive, continue to be innovative, collaborate. And I like that. I think that could be a topic for a future show. But for today's show, and we haven't titled this show yet, but I think it's going to be something like, how do we do it? How? What? It's, how it's not going to be we... how to apologize and not take the blame. That's that's <laughs> I can give a, a course on that because it's not never my fault. It's not, it's not my fault. The Han Solo, yeah. uh, when the Millennium Falcon and the, you, you don't know these Star Wars references, but when I don't, hyperdrive I don't. didn't work and they couldn't jump to life speed, he's like, it's not my fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah. Anyway, but back to this idea, and you've, you alluded to at the very beginning, there are states reopening this week. Some states are opening before the May 1st, you know, target, right? So, mm-hmm. and there are states where the, the virus did not spread, at least in this initial round. And there's a lot of folks who have concern that, that going back and lifting the restrictions and stopping the social distancing too soon will cause for this second wave. Well, we know the second wave is coming no matter what. Even if you follow all the public health official advice, you know, we flattened the curve were we successful in flattening the curve so far? I think we were, right? Yeah. We can agree with that. So will you have trouble, and it's whether it's your neighbor, your fellow U.S. citizen from another part of the country, or someone in the workplace, a colleague, a coworker who you disagree with because of this opinion now comes out, because we don't have all the facts and we never will have 100% facts, there is an opinion and there are differences. Are we prepared? How prepared are you and I to give understanding and grace and forgiveness and 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 um, patience to someone who sees things differently than we do? This gets us back to that polarized America, whether it's political conversation, you know, economic conversation, philosophical conversation. You know, we're not we're not a show to talk about those controversies, but it, it does come into the workplace, right? There are polarization yep. issues. Yep. There are polarizing issues in the workplace. There always have been. I think we're more polite about it a little bit, at least in uh, most workplaces, because somebody's paying our salary. So if the bosses say something we totally disagree with, we're not going to go on Twitter and 
and bash them because we don't want to lose our paycheck. But, but here we are facing a real dilemma of putting a plan in place. And the people watching us, we hope, are workplace leaders of some way, shape, or form, whether they're FM in their background, whether they're HR, IT, corporate real estate, they're people who are, who are interested in workplace issues and they have to go in and they're going to have a different view, what makes them feel safe, what makes you and I feel safe about re-entering the public, re-entering uh, in-person engagements. It's going to be different than our neighbor and our, and our coworkers. So how do we deal with that? What do you think? I mean, are you prepared to, I mean, because then you have this public health issue that the, the, the societal demand we all bought into was we're all in this together, flatten the curve, stay at home, isolate. Well, people's, you know, we, we think we did that pretty effectively for a while. There were always those outliers who didn't, didn't, didn't like it, thought it was a hoax, you know, or what have yeah. you. And there always will be. But, but for the vast majority of us, we were in it together. But you're going to start seeing now this, this shrinking of that collectivism and that idea of we're all in this together because it happens after every crisis. You know, we, yeah. we're human beings. Yeah. We have limited patience for this. So what, when that starts really happening, and I think it's happening now, what do we, what do, we do about it as workplace leaders? Well, let's take it from two perspectives. Let's one look at it local, right? Local to you, right? What is your neighborhood? What is your town? What is your city doing, right? Um, and let's think about it from that perspective and then take it to the workplace. So it's, it's a little bit, are we able to support our local neighborhood, right? Are we able to make decisions? Is that with, with that close proximity um, collectively, right? Um, are we able to do that within towns? Are we able to do that in cities? Because I think there's going to be townships. There's going to be your neighbor. Your neighbor and you are going to behave in a more or less consistent, sometimes consistent. You know, you know what I'm trying to say in a sense of there is, you would think that mindset, while mindsets may be different, the actual behaviors may be something similar. So looking after each other in a neighborly way actually helps promote your neighborhood environment, right? Now, if we take that to a workplace, workplaces are typically in big cities. Well, a lot of them, big cities with, you know, big offices. I'm going to borrow an idea from Andrew Segal, who actually have an upcoming interview I'm going to be publishing, where he talked about, well, do you create those large HQs or large offices and city centers going forward? Do you create a hub in a city center, but then you do branches out of that in local neighborhoods? So local neighborhoods, people feel safe from those neighborhoods commuting to those offices. You allow people to get out of their homes who want to, to go to a local office um, and communicate and, and interact with other employees from your organization. Is that a model going forward? So I think it's as we look at this across the entire nation and we know there are states who think differently, will act differently, is the things we can do at a more local level that actually we focus more on that local community and from that local community, we then develop, okay, what does this look like for our community? And then you okay. move out from there. Now, obviously the challenge is, you know, whenever you've got different states and different counties are doing different things, then people are going to commute to those, to those counties. You know, if New Jersey opens up their beaches, why would people on Long Island not drive down to a beach to walk on the beach? Sure. Um, of course, why wouldn't they do that? Of course they would do that. But um, I think this is where, uh, we all get, we always take everything back to our individual social responsibility. And I think that's how we have to approach it. It's a very deep question. Yes. And, and, uh, there, it's a culture question. Again, I keep yeah. saying that it's a culture question and, and how well we do it culturally as America, as the global 
community as the workplace community. Each individual organization is going to have to have some very well-communicated, and I'm, I'm making this up on the fly. So again, I'm trying to stay focused here, Steve. Yep. I'm not yep. going to Communication is something I wanted to talk about yesterday too. The essential communication that comes from leadership. Culture usually is a top-down thing. Do you agree with that? It's something I've kind of... There's, there's, two, there's two ways to look at there's, there's two. There's top-down culture and then there's the, the disseminated you know, frontline managers, the, right? Yeah. I, I look at it two ways. And I don't mean to digress away from you, what you're trying <clears> to Yeah, I want to get a handle you, on this, but I want to figure out okay. how yep. best we do this. How best do we okay. communicate and and accommodate all the needs of different people with different perspectives different opinions different comfort levels it's going to come down to our organization giving a vision and a culture and finding the accommodation the protocols the procedures that needed that each individual needs and that could be different from from you and and the person you sat next to pre-pandemic in, mm -hmm. in the same space so we have to kind of figure this out and it's, I think that's where we're getting to. It's, it's something that's a culture question. So then how do we, how do we approach it? Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, again, yeah, we're not going to solve Simple it one. Today, no, 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 no. I, but, I know. But do you I know, think I'm I know, on the right but, track? Is it something that we no, need to... Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, and I think organ organizations may have had a culture pre-pandemic. I think they're trying to figure out a lot of the, what, what is going to be our culture going forward? Because that's, it's a really tough question because um, the, the goals of the organization, I think, will still remain the same, but actually the culture has changed because you create culture as part of the work environment, as part of the HR processes, the, the technology, the physical space as well. That's changed. So how do you adapt that culture? How does culture adapt with those environments? And I sort of, whenever you ask the question about culture, I sort of, I sort of look at it two ways. There is the company culture that comes from top down. Right. But then there's also a culture of, well, this actually is how we do things here within an organization. It kind of comes from bottoms up, right? So there are ways you do things that sort of, that is different within organizations, location to location, department to department, because every department does things differently. Every group of people do things True. differently. There is the corporate yeah. culture, then there is the, that culture. And I don't know how we get to the point where... Um, that culture, the bottom-up culture gets created or is, is sustained or how we get to that point or how that thing continues to move forward. It will continue to move forward. Of course it will. What I'm saying is what I said, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I'm curious to see how that evolves over time. What, what do you, I don't think we need to reinvent the culture. I think we need to right. take the culture, both those types of cultures, the top-down and also the, the, the local and the geographic cultures, and include in it this psychological safety. I keep using that term. Mm. And when the way I defined it before pan the pandemic was people being comfortable, being vulnerable, sharing how they truly feel, what their true needs are without fear of ramifications, right? So if I say, I disagree with this, or I have an opinion here that you may disagree with in a meeting, that, that was supposed to be a good thing because it, it, it encourages ideas and encourages innovation, encourages for organizations to move forward, where if someone feels, yeah, I don't feel comfortable sharing my true thoughts here because I might get you know, demoted or fired or kicked off the team. So that's where I'm talking about that psychological mm. safety. But then you talk about the, the layer of the pandemic and the fear of the virus and the public health aspect of this and individual health aspect of this. That's another layer. So we don't need to, to reinvent the culture, but if we have a culture of, of safety, 
where your opinions matter and we want to hear from you. And also we are going to be flexible with you. We, we know you have a talent you bring to the table as an employee and we're going to find, and this is where you see in, in workplace strategy and, and, and the use of, of technology and choice and, and agility and design cultures where people had, you know, multiple options, options and choice where all things we talked about made for the best human beings being their happiest, most productive, healthiest self. So this is just another layer of that. And I'm, I'm trying to figure this out as I go, but I think this getting back to the workplace, the return to the work environment, and as workplace leaders, we just now need to incorporate, integrate this extra factor and say, okay, we're, we're open in the office on May 15th or June 15th or whenever it is. And you're welcome to come back. Here's what we're doing to, to make you feel comfortable. But if you're not ready, please continue to work from home. Um, or if you, if you can't work from home, but we need to accommodate you or, or maybe some days you feel good and some days you don't remember you and I are on this roller coaster ride where some days we're feeling good and some days we're not, I think it's going to be necessary to, and that flexibility, it's going to be hard for some companies to play it out in real world, in real world experiences. And I think in another few weeks, another few months, it's going to, you're going to see a lot of frustration from managers and Hey, I don't get it. You know, uh, George doesn't want to come in or, or Alice doesn't want to come in because, and these are just random names I'm throwing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob no, and Betty and, and Sue and Joe. They, whoever it is, you know, they're, they're, they're taking this a lot uh, harder than I did. And we, we have to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Empathy, understanding. And boy, wouldn't that be nice if we did that across all aspects of society? Because we certainly don't today. We, we see the other and someone with different opinions as our enemy so quickly. And it all comes back to that J.J. Abrams quote about Star Wars. It's like our default setting is if you disagree with me, you're my enemy. And that's just the wrong way to approach things. So I hope yeah. that doesn't happen in the workplace, but I think we're going to be facing some challenges like that. No, forward. and you finished it off. You finished off there beautifully and how you how you phrased it, because whenever you were chatting before, I was like, well, we're putting a lot of emphasis on the physical space, right? We're putting a lot of emphasis. And I know the physical space is more than the physical space. It brings community together, brings people together, right? Um, but I thought you finished it off beautifully that they are real challenges that we are going to face, right? That empathy, you know, that, that individual we don't feel is contributing. Um, absolutely. Uh, managers will, will struggle with that. Leadership will struggle with that um, because there's still goals. There's still go um, things that need to be achieved. Products still need to be created and we need to be innovative, you know? So it's, it's, it's very true. Is that our so, bell? Yeah, man, Is that our signal to end today? It, so it seems, man. So it seems. This was the best live stream we've ever done, Steve. <laughs> I knew it would be the worst or the best. I think it's the best. You think so? Okay. Let's just well, end it I'll, here. Tell you, I'll tell you what. We'll watch it back and then we'll make the decision tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. All Ask right. me again tomorrow. All right, man. All right. Have a great day. Feel good. You too. Thanks, man.